In over 10 years of going to shows, I've met some really interesting people along the way. Folkies, metalheads, old school punks, sweetheart singer-songwriters, and everyone in between. I figured now was as good a time as ever for me to share their stories. Conversations about music where no genre and no topic is off-limits. I'm David James Young, and all my friends are in bar bands. folks, David James Young here. Welcome back to All My Friends Are In Bar Bands. Hope you've been having an absolutely wonderful week. Hope you all enjoyed last week's episode with Lindsay McDougall. Thanks for all the kind words and the shares. Once again, very much appreciated. Uh, before we go any further, I wanted to throw something to you guys to see what you think. I was considering setting up an email address uh, for the podcast in which if you had anything that you wanted plugged or any feedback that you want to give, you could send it that way. And, uh, subsequently also was considering a Twitter page as well. Uh, let me know on Facebook if that's something that you guys would be interested in. Moving on to the plugs. Uh, if you're listening to this on the day it comes out on Thursday, April 30, Yoke are going to be launching their new single so far at Good God Tonight with Left, who are an exceptional electronica outfit from Sydney. That should be a really, really cool show. I'm really, really digging Yoke's music. Their EP that they put out last year, Jabaluka, is exceptional. And I'm really looking forward to uh, what comes next for those guys. Friday night at Blackwire Records, we've got a massive, super heavy lineup. Narrow Lands playing their first show in months, supported by Burlap, Massive Bicep, and White Dog. So if you like things loud and thrashy and fucking brutal, then you are going to enjoy that. Following on from that, To The North out of Brisbane are going to be in town this Saturday and Sunday playing two headlining shows with two absolutely fantastic bills. On Saturday night, you can catch them at the Roxbury Hotel in Glebe, and that is with Ted Danson with Wolves, Oxen out of Canberra, and Mowgli. Uh, Also, they'll be playing at Blackwire Records on Sunday afternoon, and that is with Making, who are playing uh, their first show in a little while. Uh, along with Yes, I'm Leaving, which is their first show back from a lengthy US tour, and Zounds, aka Dave Drayton, a future guest, spoiler alert. If you're in Wollongong on Saturday night, I recommend getting along to Red Bar and checking out Dos Enos, who are a very, very cool new rock and roll band. They are going to be launching their new single. Should be a rockin' good time. If you feel like going three for three at Blackwire, then you could do far worse than uh, Canine 
uh, who are an exceptional Sydney hardcore band, and Obat Batuk, and a bunch of other bands hopping on that bill as well. I think it's five bucks or something. You really can't go wrong. Wanted to give a special shout out to an event happening on Sunday afternoon at the Red Rattler, thrown together by the lovely Miss Jessie Stringer. It's called How to Sell Everything, and it is a market stall in which people are basically going to be getting rid of old merch and CDs, vinyl, all that kind of stuff, and you can pick up an absolute bargain there no matter what you're into, and there'll also be bands playing in the afternoon as well, so got nothing to lose. Also on Sunday evening, early evening, late afternoon, thereabouts, the lovely Alana Stone, who you may know from her time in The Rescue Ships, or All Her Exes Live in Texas, or maybe just from her fantastic solo stuff, she is going to be launching her new EP, Kintsugi, at the Newtown Social Club with Jody and her All Her Exes Live in Texas bandmate, Georgia Mooney. Today's guest is Mr. Toby Martin from Youth Group. Super, super cool to have that absolute legend on the podcast. Really, really lovely guy. Really sweet and inviting and charming dude. We had uh, a very early start at his house in Annandale on a Sunday morning, about nine in the morning, as you will uh, hear documented in this week's episode. Ironically, considering we were in a relatively quiet part of suburbia, this ends up being one of the noisier podcasts that I've done. Uh, thanks in no small part to Toby's one-year-old son, Eugene, who you will uh, hear have a little bit of a cameo at the end of this episode. Uh, also, a uh, bumblebee gets into the house at one point. Uh, so there's a slight buzz, quite literally, uh, throughout a bit of this podcast. But apart from that, you, you really do get to the core of what Youth Group has been about for the last oh, decade and change. They are a really fantastic band, and they absolutely killed it when they played Skeleton Jar in full at Newtown Social Club back in January, and we get to do it all again in June. June 26, I believe the date is, so if you missed out last time, it did sell out pretty quickly, you have a chance in June, and you cannot pass it up. I I could not recommend this show higher, it's going to be a lot of fun. So without any further ado, this is Toby Martin. David James Young and all my friends are in bar bands. Today I would like to introduce you to my friend Toby Martin. Hello. How are you sir? Good thanks, I'm good. It's like it's 9.20am on Sunday morning and we're, we're doing a good job of it. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> this is one of the most rock and roll 
podcast of ever done, you know, at 9.20 on a Sunday morning. Family, uh, family in the background. Yeah, um, uh, we're at Toby's beautiful home in Annadale. Uh, thank you very much for inviting me into your abode. No worries. Yeah, uh, it's, uh, yeah it's, it's a beautiful day and uh, yeah, there's uh, children getting changed into various clown outfits and uh, yeah. all kinds of crazy shit it's going down at the Martin residence. It's either very wholesome or very, you know, very sinister. <laughs> Depending on who you <laughs> ask. <laughs> exactly. It's yeah. all about the context. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> we won't go into it too much. But, no. You know, you can use your imaginations and, uh, you know, draw your own conclusions. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> Uh, okay, so now we met for the first time about four years ago, I believe. We were both at the little-known record store, uh, C-Notes, in Stanwall Park. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and you were on tour with Seeker Lover Keeper. Right. yeah. And, yeah, they were just doing a, a little intimate acoustic show. I believe you were there with your with your partner and your young daughter. Yeah, yeah, well, and Ada, who is now in the clown outfit. Yes. Um, yeah, was, was probably about... About one then. Yes, that's yeah, right. Two, yeah, which is five now. Yeah, yeah. So and, um, yeah. yeah, that was one of the first tours that you'd done as a as a solo artist as really? well. It's really it's probably the major tour I've done as a solo artist. Yeah, I mean, sure. I haven't really toured a lot. As a, I mean, I've played one off gigs. Yeah, but like I mean, generally I play in Sydney and Melbourne. Yeah, and, sure. And then it's Sunday night, and I go home, and the tour is over. Yeah. So like this, yeah, that one was actually. It was something like five shows, so yeah. it was like, wow. That it's was, pretty out there, that, yeah. That was quite big. Yeah. When I launched my record a couple of years ago, we played Sydney and Melbourne, I think. I don't think we even played Brisbane, so... Yeah. Yeah, that's, that was pretty big for me. Oh, yeah. I can imagine, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Talk us through branching out, doing solo stuff, because obviously you're very well known for your work in, in youth group, but um, striking out on your own, was, was that something you'd always wanted to do, just to have something entirely, I, I guess, quote-unquote yours? Maybe not always wanted to do, but probably for a couple of years leading up to making my solo record, I, it was something I'd been thinking about. Yeah. Um, yeah, I guess I just wondered what it would be like if it was all up to me. Sure, um, and yeah. also, And also, I guess, what it would be like if it was if my music was less rock and roll, like, basically, because, yeah. I mean, you trip a, you know, basically a, you know, a rock band. And, yeah, yeah. And, um, and so, I, yeah, I, I, but I guess I listen to a lot of music that's not. That you know doesn't have drums or has you know different kinds of orchestration or mm. piano and things like that. So yeah, I guess I always thought I wonder what it'd be like to make a record like that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Okay, so take us back to uh, the beginnings. What kind of inspired you to start playing? Was it a family-related thing, or did you see someone on TV and like that's what I want to do, or like yeah. what kind of brought you into the world of music? Born in Melbourne, right? Okay, and I left. I left Melbourne when I was fifteen, and my Parents moved to Canberra because my dad got a job in Canberra. Yeah, right, okay. And now the Canberra between the years between 15 and 19, and now the time I moved to Sydney. So, wow. So that was my journey. But, um, yeah, okay. I got into music. I did, when I, you know, I'm a middle class kid into piano lessons, you know. Yeah, like sure. Like a lot of kids do. And you hate those when I, you grow up. I hate, up, I hate it. Oh, I hate them. And I did a piano exam and I failed it and I was just miserable and, um, that was kind of it for me and piano and possibly me and music except in year 10 when I was yeah 15 I made, I made a really good friend who played, could play guitar yeah and I just I just liked hanging out with him and he taught me basically some chords yeah yeah and we'd sit around his place on the weekends playing Beatles songs and Led Zeppelin songs and Ride and Suede and bands like that I'm trying to figure nice, out yeah. trying to figure out how like to play the, that music on guitar so yeah that's that's where it started for me, 
Yeah, then I moved to Canberra, and in Canberra I started getting into writing music. And actually, I got into writing songs through doing drama in like year 11 and 12. Yeah, yeah, sure. We did like this drama production, and we had to bring something along, and so I. The first song I wrote was for that, like, because I was like, I'll have a go at writing. Oh, for real? Writing a song. Yeah. And that was good. Like, you know, I enjoyed it. Then I just started writing a few more, and then I made some friends and we formed the band, and we started playing songs that I had written. Yeah, so, right. So, what was the first band? We were called Velveteen. Velveteen. Yeah. And so describe Velveteen for us. Velveteen were, I, I'd say, fairly heavily influenced by Britpop. Okay, I'd, yeah. I'd, I'd probably Blur was, a, I'd say, a major influence. Right, so we're talking like mid 90s. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, we formed, like, I think we played our first gig in 94. Right, yeah, and yeah. We broke up. Just before Youth Group started, so '97. So okay, yeah, Blur and The Cure and and Shoegaze off like Ride and you were playing guitar and singing this one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So um and and Paul who was in the first incarnation of Youth Group, yeah. was, was in Velvet Name. Well. Right. Okay. Wow. Yeah. There so, you go. You know, we we played a lot in Canberra. Yeah, yeah. Canberra's one of those towns where after you've played gigs for a couple of months, you've pretty much played everywhere and you've oh, yeah. met everyone. And it's a, it is like a good scene. And it's actually, I, I have a very much a love-hate relationship with Canberra, which I think a lot of people do. With, oh yeah, for sure. smaller towns. Especially the people that are from there, you yeah. know, they, they, they tend to both love it and hate it the most <laughs> simultaneously. And yeah. it's, it's kind of depressing in some ways, but it's like, it's a, it's, it was a good town to start a band because like everyone had like a garage or something you could practice in and neighbours who were far away and yeah. didn't mind. Yeah. So that was good, and um, but then we moved to Sydney. Well, I moved to Sydney for music, like for the for the band, like right. so we could you know kind of make it happen somewhere bigger than Canberra. Right. And then we broke up because of that because <laughs> the, the, <laughs> our, um, our bass player and drummer didn't didn't make the move. So eventually, Velveteen broke up. But kind of in some Paul and I went on to form youth groups. So. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, uh, talk us through the first show that you ever played. The first gig I played with Velvet's name was in Canberra. Right. And it was a place called the Terrace Bar. It was so long ago that they did this thing where this used to happen, I think, in the 80s and faded out in the 90s, where, like, the band would help, like, load in the PA and yeah. set, set up the PA. Oh, wow. That is old school. So, I met this guy called Guppy, and Guppy had, like, this tiny guy had dreads down to his ass, and, like, I helped him load in the PA and set it up. <laughs> And um, it was great. Like, I mean, we played and all my friends' bands played. And Actually, here's a, here's a fun fact. Go on. Uh, <laughs> Cameron, who is in youth group now, yeah. he's our guitarist, mm. also played that night in a completely different band. Called oh, really? Captain Yan. Because he and I were friends at school in Canberra. Right. We didn't... So he's we a didn't, Canberran as well. He's a Canberran as well. There you go. But he only joined youth group, like, relatively recently. But he and I were friends and we played in different bands in Canberra. And we're kind of, you know, we're part of the same... Scene and stuff. Yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah, talk us through like the, the beginnings of Youth Group. The beginnings of Youth Group, we just moved to Sydney and I was already obviously friends with Paul. Yeah. Played at Youth Group. Through Paul I met Danny, who plays that who plays drums with us. Yes, yes. Danny and I just hit it off as as friends and, yeah. and music fans. Yeah. But Danny didn't actually play an instrument. Um, oh really? So I encouraged him to play drums because he liked drums and he was rhythmical. I mean we needed a drummer. And so, yeah, I encouraged him by drums, and we went down to like this drum shop on Parramatta Road, bought a drum kit, and then Danny took it home to his flat with his mum, and he put a, like a blanket over it and practiced with a blanket over it so he wouldn't wake <laughs> up the neighbours. So it's fantastic. So um, yeah, when Danny played with youth group, his youth group gig was was his fir- his first youth group gig was his first gig ever. Like oh wow, done it before. And um, so what was the first youth group show? Uh, it was at the Warren View Hotel on 
Oh yeah, I didn't even know they did music. No, I used to. Oh, this, they, yeah, this, yeah, this is like the 1890s, so it's <laughs> <laughs> a long time ago. It's like the original hipsters. Yeah, and, um, Andy, who played bass in the first incarnation of Youth Group, was my well, we met, kind of met through mutual friends, and he was my my flatmate, and we just you know same thing. We just loved talking about and listening to music, and yeah, so that was us. That was us four, and Andy also. Managed us too. He was like that was a very early incarnation of a management group called mm. Winterman and Goldstein, which also kind of became yeah, like yeah, Ivy yeah. League Records, which still you know represent us and put yeah. our records out. So yeah, yeah. It was kind of you know you don't, those times in your life you don't actually realize they're very important. Like mm. it was like a really important six months when I met those people and started playing music. But yeah, it was like and it set me on this path that I'm still. On really, yeah, yeah, yeah sure. Never quite known those moments are going to be in your life. Yeah, so, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> do you think the drama aspect and, and the performing in in high school? Do do you think that assisted in I guess gaining confidence to to put yourself out there as a musical performer? Because you know, especially when you're making such personal and often quite introspective music, it's it's a lot of yourself that you're putting out there. You know, do yeah. do, do you think it was? I don't know, maybe a sense of the theatrical that, that got you over the line that made you think, okay, I can do this, you know? Possibly. I never thought that before. It's a good, it's a good question. I think at the time, I delineated in my mind from anything I was doing at school, like drama, with writing music and playing in a band. I, I, didn't, I didn't ever really think very much about rock and roll being theatrical or being a performance. I just thought, mm. yeah, I, I thought much more about playing music with my friends and writing songs. But... Yeah, it's possible. Like, you know, I've never never considered it before. But, yeah, it probably did give me a bit more confidence to actually get up and do it. In some ways, though, the idiom of indie rock, it's like you can sort of be a bit bit shy on stage. Yeah. It doesn't doesn't really matter. I think it took me a while to get more confident on on stage. I think just playing gigs and, you know, doing it. Probably probably more more than studying drama at school. It was just that... Paying more, more gigs and stuff. Yeah. At what point did you start picking up touring? You mentioned just like mostly playing like Sydney, Melbourne, and stuff like that. Were you through the kind of band that toured a lot uh, at the at the beginning, or not really? We didn't really tour a lot until until Skeleton Jar came out. Yeah, and, right. And I started doing all right. The first tour we did, yeah, um, was with Gaslight Radio and Jersey. We're like a three band. Oh like, shit! Yeah. Gaslight Radio headlining in Jersey, and us were. There's some names I haven't heard in a while. So yeah, it, yeah, they're kind of. So it's going back a few years. Yeah, yeah. I think it was no two, kidding. I, I think it was 2000 actually, and that was very exciting for us because that was our first proper tour. Like, yeah, we played in Adelaide, for instance. Oh wow! Yeah, never, yeah. Never been you know you've made it when you're playing in Adelaide. Yeah, exactly. That was really great because we we loved both those bands. Gaslight Radio, we sort of admired and slash worshipped as, mm. as being a band who already put out some great music. Mm. And Jersey, we. The band we just really we're just very simpatico with. They were at a similar stage to us. They were just working yeah. on their first album. We really just hit it off. I think. Like, yeah. So yeah, that was that was great. It wasn't really a huge audience or market for us to tour a lot. I think outside of bigger cities. Right. Yeah. yeah. So we didn't. We didn't Stuck with it. that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> kind of a know your market kind of thing, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. I don't know. You know, you play a few kind of country shows, but it doesn't. It's not like it. Great. So, <laughs> did you um, have a bad experience? Um, you know, I think like playing in the country, you can have some great experiences. Sure, and, yeah. And some like some kind of you know depressing ones. But sometimes both. Mm. Right before Skeleton Jar came out, we did a tour of 
regional Queensland. I don't oh, know why right. this happened. There was, some, there was some promoter who got some deal yeah. with us. And he was like, there was four shows. And there was one show which was just like, which is supposed to be like the jewel and the crown. And it was at Rockhampton, the university in Rockhampton. Oh, and he yeah. Like, and he kept on telling us, there's, you know, there's going to be heaps of people there. It's like O-Week or something. And like, it's going to be heaps of students. And of course there wasn't. There was like, there was like, five Chinese exchange students and then there's like five like really thuggish locals who are like you know doing the classic thing calling us faggots and all that sort of stuff and I was like wow awesome. this is really happening <laughs> <laughs> but then the gig after that was in this town called Gladstone yeah right. and um, Gladstone was like we got there and um, it was this shitty pub on the side of the highway there's this big screen playing like the football yep. and um and we walked in and we put out and the, and the guy's like oh yeah you play in front of the you play in front of that big screen there oh and um we put our stuff down and they, and they turned they turned it off and all the guys in the bar went oh <laughs> it's like, oh, like these fucking the guys football. yeah so we played and we had played two sets which is you know one of those classic country town things yeah <laughs> um, and we played our first set of like you know our original material and it was going down so badly oh no and so at like half time we like we're like oh, maybe we should maybe we should try and play a cover you know we've got to do something it's such a shit night so we we worked out we could probably play a Credence song and that would probably be you know something we could we could like and they yeah like. And we played, um, Have You Ever Seen the Rain? Oh, yes. And then we, and then, like, went off great. I fucking loved it. And then we played, um, Violent Femmes, Blister <laughs> in the Sun, and they were loving that. And then we played a few of our own songs, and it went down great. And then we had this great night with all our, like, our new mates <laughs> at, at, at Gladstone. And Second it, round, that's yeah, what saved yeah. you. And it actually turned to be a, probably the, the best gig of, like, of the tour. And actually, probably, you know. One of the more memorable, gig, memorable gigs ever. I'm, I remember it now. So, yeah. um, playing outside of cities can be like that. Can be, oh yeah, absolutely. Can be amazing. <laughs> it's it's funny. Like um, I, I I find that really I don't know kind of foreboding and slightly ironic that you know it was just like oh fuck they're not liking this let's see let's see what happens with the cover yeah, yeah. and you know like you guys were kind of on, on the fringe for so many years and it was a cover that turned you guys into you know like yeah. one of the biggest bands in the country for at least a, a moment yeah. you know yeah yeah that's true like, yeah the power of the cover maybe, yeah maybe, maybe that did slip through subconsciously yeah, yeah. <laughs> possibly I was remembering Gladstone yeah I mean that that like when you get to that period like the forever young period that must have been like a ridiculous time for you guys yeah or more or less becoming I'd, I'd say one of the more unexpected superstar bands in the country like I never thought like I've been listening to you guys for like three or four years at that point it's just like I never thought I'd see you guys like at the top of the aria charts or anything like that and there it was you know for us it was a bit I think it was different for us because we were we were touring so much in America and yeah. and concentrating so much on America. Yeah. Yeah. While, while Forever Young obviously was number one and, yeah. and our profile got a lot bigger in Australia. We it was also in the con- can you take that down? It was also in the context of like of just us of getting an album deal overseas with Skeleton Jar. We were working we were recording for Casino Twilight Dogs in mm. Los Angeles when Forever Young was number one in Australia. Yeah, yeah. And so it was just like, Oh wow, that's cool. Yeah, yeah, that's weird. Anyway, back to recording. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of in the, it's kind of the context of that. So I think for us, it wasn't quite like from zero to hero. No, sure. Like, yeah. um, it was it was a few things that were going on, but yeah, but that was. And then we got this weird stage where um, our Australian experience of playing gigs and stuff was very different to the American experience because right, yeah. Australia became very much focused on Forever Young, and we started playing these shows 
with a lot of younger people, like all ages shows. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. Free shows or festivals where, where they really just wanted to hear that song. And meanwhile in America, it wasn't, people didn't really know that cover any better than any of our other material. So, right, yeah, yeah. So we were kind of just playing normal, for us, normal gigs. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. It, became, it, was, it did become quite strange. But yeah, in Australia, it, it became a bit dominated by that. Yeah, yeah but for I mean, sure. But we got, yeah, but we did play places obviously we would never normally play. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and that meant, you know, we could play in country towns with, yeah, with, 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 with a number one single. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Take us through going overseas for the first time because, yeah, obviously you guys found a bit of a home there and a bit of a cult fan base in a way. Um, what brought you over there in the first place? Was that like a, a bucket list thing to, you know, play a show in New York or whatever? Yeah, it was. It yeah. was. I, I always wanted to make my music overseas. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Said, that'd be really fun. And the first time we went in 2003, mm-hmm. we, we did it ourselves. Like we, yeah, wow. We went, we went to South by Southwest, and um, was Skeleton Jar out at this point? Or? No, no. We were halfway through recording it. I don't know. I was feeling frustrated with playing music in a, in general in Australia. Um, just, you know, in general, I didn't know anything else and other things in my life, and so I became fixated on going overseas as, mm. uh, as mm. a, <laughs> a solution to my yeah. frustration. Yeah. Did it work? And so. Yeah, it did. I mean, yeah. it wasn't like overnight. Like, nothing really happened from that trip. We went to South by Southwest and we played one show, which, you know, you don't do at South by Southwest. You've got, you got to play, like, hundreds of them. Oh, but, yeah, um, of course. But So we played one show, which was fine. And we and because Andy Castle, who was originally a bass player, yeah. was now managing the Vines, who were getting really big, we supported the Vines on three shows in, yeah, right. in California. So, which is, again, foreboding, you know? Yeah, I know. Yeah, exactly. Well, that's how we... I mean, it is foreboding, but that, that's how we met Patrick. So, yeah, yeah. So that, that, that's how the connection like, happened there. But, yeah. Um, so, I mean, that, that first trip was heaps of fun and loved it and got, mm. got a sense for, well, you know, music as being something that's bigger than just, like, Australia. Yeah. Um, and But... We didn't get any record deal or anything out of that trip. Mm. Like we, we actually did have a really funny meeting with like someone who worked for Disney Records. Oh no, shit! Uh, uh, it was like some some weird offshoot of Disney, and he took yeah, us. Wow. He, he took us to the Disney the Disney lot, and he gave us a tour of like all these amazing props and stuff. Yeah, and wow. I was like, this this is great, but nothing. <laughs> a very it's a very classic Hollywood thing. Like nothing yeah. ever, yeah, ever happened. But <laughs> no, it was a pretty funny. Just experience. a lot of guys with cigars saying you're going to be a shark. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> We got to see some of the sets from the film Cocktail, and you know that was pretty exciting. And then the next time we went was when we had a we had a record deal, and that was all, was all organised for us. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, in the end, it was just a matter of the record skeleton jar finding, you know, getting to the right hands. And yeah, yeah, anything, yeah. Anything to do with us playing gigs? Really. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Like, they yeah. had no idea we even come, we didn't come. Yeah. A few years earlier. The reason for the season, really, for the youth group reunion, has been uh, coming back to skeleton jar, basically, and it's it's ten year anniversary. Um. Can you talk us through, like, uh, writing and creating that record? Because obviously that was a big turning point for everyone in that band, you yeah. know? It's the first time you guys really broke out on radio, and it was with a new, like, like Padded joined, etc. Yeah. Talk us through the evolution and the creation of that record. The songs I wrote, I remember, I wrote most of them in my flat in Petersham. Right, um, yeah. Which is actually not very far from here, just yeah. on the other side of Annandale, on Paramount Road. Yeah. Um... And some in another house. Sorry, it's all very it's all very pegged of geography in my head. But then, oh yeah, no, so then, that's that's definitely reflected in the songs yeah. as well. You know, there's like, very explicit references to various places. Yeah, you know? and so then and then the rest of the songs I wrote, we moved house to um, to New, so a house in Newtown. Yeah, from all there. I'd always been a songwriter who'd, who'd written pretty much about my own experiences. But my yeah, my 
dad had died the year before, so that was yeah, kind of right. very much in my mind. And a few other things in my life were kind of kind of drifting, in yeah, some, in some way. And again, guess, you can you can definitely sense that. And when someone close to you dies, you, I guess you kind of you sort of start to reflect on the fact, you know, where is your life going? And so my lyrics became a little bit more um, sad, I guess, and the music as well. So yeah, that's that's how the songs are written. And then we just started recording them, and it was a weird time actually because. Ivy League Records, who put out that first album, yeah. kind of they kind of folded um, because it was a bad time for indie indie music. And oh so, yeah! But they were really good. They were like, you know, like, we're not quite sure what the future of Ivy League is going to be, but I think we can, you know, we got a bit of money for you guys to record, and we got a bit of money somewhere else. So we we started recording mm. without really knowing where it was going to go, and it was a very long process. Like gigantic bumblebees. Is funny, oh my lord! It was a very it took us like at least a year, I think, to record. Like. Over various places, like yeah, um, and various lineups. Mm-hmm. So we had, I think, in the end, three bass players playing the record, and oh, for real, two guitarists, and yeah. So Danny and I, a lot were, of transition going, yeah, on. yeah. Heaps. And I mean, there was a core like of me and Danny and and Wayne Connolly who, who produced the album, yeah, yeah. And so it was, I mean, it was an amazing experience. Like it was Wayne and I and Danny worked like we worked really closely together, and like lots of different studios, like small, cheap studios. So. Really, you know, some of the best times of my life is like turning up and working with Wayne on, you know, doing some overdubs. Wayne was really responsive. Like that record could have been pretty straightforward mm. rock and roll record in some ways it is, but it's also got quite a lot of sort of percussion and keyboard and overdubs, which was yeah. his thing. So that was really enjoyable. Yeah, I can imagine like part of the process. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Up until January, you hadn't played in five years or something like that. Yeah. Was it a, just a, a consequential thing? Did you did you think that youth group had kind of run its course? Like, no, uh, no, I always thought we played. We, you you we, were always we, starting to come back. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, it meant to, we meant to only like have a year off, and of course, as these things happen, everyone had other things to do. Like, yeah. And so other bands started playing, and they started doing all right, and. People had children and various, you know, things about life just took one year turned into five. But no, no, I always, I always kind of thought that we, we definitely do more, more stuff. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we just felt a bit, we just felt a bit burnt, burnt out at that stage. Yeah, but right. I think we have enough, we have enough history now and enough of a, like, we like each other, <laughs> like each other enough that we are <laughs> kind of going to do it for a while. <laughs> we thought it was pretty good, like, the record. Yeah, like, yeah, sure. Know, we were, like, we, we... We, we, like Danny and I, we were saying how it really felt like a, a, a really different step for us. Yeah, yeah. And we absolutely. even talked about changing our, our name because we, oh, for real. we felt so like this is a whole, such a different move for Yeah, us, right. Like that we should even change our name, but we didn't. And <laughs> smart. Yeah. <laughs> um, what, what, what were the shortlisted names? Oh, I think the idea was, you know, like, you know, Palace Music and Palace Brothers, which is, um, Bonnie, which is Bonnie Prince Billy now. Yeah. He used to have his, and he, he, every record he changed it slightly. Yeah, yeah. And so we thought that was kind of cool. So yeah. we thought we might change Youth Group somehow. But even so, when Shadowland got picked up by Triple J really quickly, that yeah, yeah. it was like, oh wow, I didn't really expect it. I think I, it's weird, even by the time Skellinger came out, I had been playing music for a while, for like 10 years, and I think, I think I kind of got into the mindset that music was just for me and people, and some close friends, mm. and like, I didn't have a sense of other people getting into it. Yeah. So it was kind of, like, it was really, like, really great and a bit, and a bit surprising. Yeah, I can imagine. Was there a point where, you, oh, I guess this happens with everybody, but was there a point where you guys were kind of singing each other and just like, fuck, we can't keep doing this? Not know? really. Yeah? No, no, it wasn't really like that. It was, we, we have a, like a, a great time on tour. I don't know what other bands are like. But yeah. Like, but youth group, uh, like, we are generally very good friends and we, 
don't know, I think we like hanging out with each other a lot. Yeah. Like, <laughs> actually had some people working with us, like two two managers who were like, oh, you guys really like to hang out together. Yeah. Like, it's like, it's sort of... Um, They'd be sick of this by now. I yeah. know, I know. So even like the last tour we did in America, which is the one we decided to take a break on, like while we're doing it. Yeah. We had a great time. It was amazing. You know, it was like really, really fun time. So, um, no, it's not that. It's more, it's more, it was more like, career like it just felt like we'd reached this point in america we were playing the same sort of size venues and wasn't really going right. anywhere else yeah and also just i knew i i mean i i also I had a baby and i knew i didn't want to i didn't want to tour as much as i had been yeah if it was going to be the same thing you know what i mean like yeah yeah so so yeah and with oil if we're not going to do that then let's just not do it for a while yeah like, yeah okay. rather, rather than rather than do it half-heartedly yeah so do you feel like fatherhood has impacted on your performing in, in that you have to pick your right moments in which you can do it now that you've got other people to consider? Yeah, I think in general, becoming a parent, you like time is just completely different. You just use the time you have like in a much in a in a much more different way. Like you just yeah, I guess I just don't have time to to do a tour like that's not that's not like going really great. Like, yeah, yeah. I, the, the experience part of it is, is always great, but that can't that can't be enough anymore. Like I have to, it has to be something more in some ways, which is actually a little bit depressing when I, when I put it like that. But it's not. It's actually not. Like I do like musically, I do more these days than I ever used to, and I just um, I just use my time like a lot more like smartly. I think. Yeah. Or just more more focused. Focusly, but yeah, just, yeah. I don't know. Sorry, that's just kind of a rambling answer. No, 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 um, that's fine. But yeah, like, I guess we just couldn't. I felt it just felt silly to do a three-month tour of America where some of the shows were good and some of the shows were bad, and mm. we weren't really making any money. And it was like, yeah, you know, yeah, right. Had to be good I things. mean, was that was that a point of frustration for the band ever? It's just like. You know, like, you, you think you've gotten to a certain point. It's just like, all right, great, now we're here. We're going to get to the next level. And then you come back and it's just like, here we are at the same place we were before. You know, like, playing the same sort of rooms. Yeah. Same sort of people, etc. Yeah. Did it kind of become cyclical like that? Well, for us, there wasn't a huge step from releasing Skull and Jar to releasing Casino Twilight Dogs in America and Europe. It wasn't like that record got more radio play than the last one or anything. So, yeah, yeah it didn't really... Oh, uh, yeah. It just, yeah, it wasn't... And there was, I mean, there are some bands, so it doesn't matter. You just keep on going, and you, just, you know, some records connect more than others, and you just yeah. kind of keep on putting them out. But yeah. for various reasons, we didn't do that. But yeah, it's, it's never. Con- it's, but you know, it's funny. It's like it wasn't for us. It wasn't conscious. It wasn't like, oh, right, okay, this isn't working. Let's do something else. It was just kind of you, know, you feel it. I suppose more than more yeah. than it. So in the last few years, you've like you mentioned, you've been doing more musical work, but it's just been in different sort of avenues. You know, you've. Uh, picked up on uh, lecturing and involving your music in like uh, live theatre and stuff like Mm -hmm. that. Talk us through, uh, I guess, moving into that sort of area. Was that a challenge at first to kind of go out of your comfort zone, so to speak? Yeah. Oh, the the theatre show was, that was it. That was really different for me. Yeah. um, But it was fun. Actually, actually, I mean, it was just kind of, the music we did was quite jammy. So in that that sense, it wasn't, I mean, I'm used to hanging out and jamming stuff. Yeah. Making up guitar parts. So that was, so, but actually having to, sort of form it for, for a theatre show was was different yeah that was but it was good it was good fun yeah that's been good but the major my, the major musical thing in my life at the moment is well there's two things I mean youth group are playing these shows in June and July and we're yep. writing some new songs for it so, so there's that 
Um, right, but, yeah. al- but also, I've been working on this this like collection of songs that I started writing in the, in the Sydney suburb of Bankstown. One of the things I've done recently is done a couple of songwriting residencies, and um, okay, and one of them was in was in Bankstown, and I set up and it's through a theatre group called Urban Theatre Projects, and I right. set, I set yeah. up in someone's front yard in this suburban street in Bankstown and wrote songs like nine to five for three weeks. Really? Yeah, which okay. was like a whole different experience for me. And out of that, I've got this collection of songs and I, we played them for the Sydney Festival they did this thing where they closed off this street in Bankstown and they had those different performances including mm. including the songs of mine so and I got this band together which there's these two guys who play Arabic music and there's other group of people who play Vietnamese music so we, it was kind of this this global music jam session yeah wow <laughs> So Crazy. we're gonna make yeah, so we're gonna make an album this year of, of, of those songs. So, wow, okay. Yeah. There's, that, there's yeah, like, that sounds fascinating. There's lots it? of little there's lots of little musical things in my life, like the kind of flitter around the edges, like like the theatre stuff, but yeah. this these songs are kind of the main, I guess yeah, they're my main thing. And um So it was yeah, it was great. I mean, it was a whole different way of working for me too, because mm. I well, I was talking before about time. Yeah. And Having a family now is like I can't. I just it's just really hard to sit, sit around at home and be inspired. Like it's yeah. different. So I have to. You have to get. I out do there. have to do like a nine to five thing. It's like yeah. Right, okay, I'm gonna. I'm gonna Got to get all the way up to Bankstown. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know. Well, I've got to write songs between the hours of like ten and twelve, or like you know, you have to be. I just found it really more disciplined. So yeah. Sure. Yeah. So that, 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 that's what I'm doing at the moment. Has it been weird coming back to, to youth group in, in a way, you know, performing again and, and like you said, writing songs with these guys again? Obviously, it's been quite a few years since yeah. you've played these guys and, and even, like, written music. Like, uh, how long did it take to kind of fall back into it? Like, well, was it a very instant thing where it's like, oh, I remember how to play this, you know? We still, like, we still see a lot of each other. Like, in those five years, we still saw a lot of each other. And, yeah. we, and we still are very much involved with music together. Mm. So, Patrick plays with Cameron in Community Radio. Cameron plays on my solo record. Patrick and I play in a band together called Teeth. Mm-hmm. Danny lived in New York, but we used to see him quite a lot. And, yeah. And even did play music with him. So, it's not like... It's not like we didn't have anything to do with each other for five years. So no. We had that kind of common ground. But yeah, it is different. So the show in January, I mean, that was like a one-off thing. You know, that was like, yeah. was like well, we're just going to play Skeleton Jar and old songs. And, yeah. And that's, that was a very unusual thing for us yeah. to, like, to do. And it, that could have been it. You know, that could have been, okay, yeah. that, that was fun. And, were, you, were you surprised by the response? Um, yeah, I was. Yeah, it was very nice. It was because it was really lovely. Everyone was singing along and stuff. And, yeah, yeah. I mean, you were there. But then, but these shows are going to be more like, okay, well, that was fun as a one-off thing. But let's let's actually do it properly. Like properly, know, write, write, write some new songs and do a tour and you know. So this this is more of a test of whether we are still a, an actually functioning band. Yeah, rather right. Rather than just like a one-off like heritage show. Yeah. So, <laughs> so um, I can't imagine you ever wanted to be a nostalgia act. Not really. <laughs> no. And I was always a bit like I was always a bit hesitant to to do it, but. It did. It did seem like somehow it seemed like we needed to acknowledge it. So you know, we did. And um, but yeah, this is this is we, we're now we're jamming kind of regularly yeah. and working on new stuff, and it's heaps of fun. And yeah, I, I think it'll. Yeah, it's different. We all have other things in our lives now. It's not like this group is going to be this number one driving force. But yeah, sure. Yeah, but it's still it's still a lot of fun. I think we'll make another record this this year. So, oh really? Yeah, I think so. Oh, <laughs> so two two new records on the way. Yeah, well, we've got like we've got. Three or four new songs we've been working on. So yeah, I don't know, we're, getting, we're getting there. Yeah. Fantastic! Well, that's yeah. something to look forward to. Yeah, wonderful, totally. man. It'll it'll probably be a 
recorded fairly quickly and mm. it'll be a little bit more rough around the edges than our last couple of records. Okay. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> that's a bit of sizzle for it. Fantastic. Um, so we'll wrap up, but um, before we do that, I ask this of all of my guests, and you are next in line. I would like to know about your best and your worst gig experiences across any band, any stage, any country, anywhere <laughs> ever. And uh, you can feel free to start on either or. Okay, um, I could pick many. <laughs> Best gig, the one that just popped into my mind. Yeah, playing in Texas in this town called San Antonio. Yeah, right. Um, and we it was it was on actually the last tour we did so in two thousand and nine, and we were supporting this band called the Get Up Kids. Yeah, yeah, I know those guys. The tour was okay. Like it was, I don't think it was a it wasn't like a great match for that band for us. Yeah. But sometimes the audiences dug us, and sometimes they didn't. You know. Mm. But this one gig in San Antonio, like, it was this heavy metal venue. It just seemed weird to start with. Yeah. And I was like, and San Antonio was kind of a weird town. I was like, oh, this is going to be shit. But, um, yeah. But, like, the audience was just, it was unbelievable. They, they, it was so great. It was just like, it was like the best, it was the, just the most up for it audience we've ever had. And it wasn't, it wasn't even our crowd. It was like the Get Up Kids crowd. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, um, Did any of them know who you were or anything I mean, like that? Only a couple, maybe a little bit. But it was yeah. just like, it just felt like walking on water or like floating yeah, on, yeah, on, yeah, on a cloud. Yeah, 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 yeah. It was just like, God, this is amazing. And it was like, it was just so unexpected and out of the blue. Yeah, and it's just, it was a, it's just a really cool town. Like, it's got a really big Hispanic population in San Antonio. So we met all these, you know, great Mexican guys afterwards and they told us the best places to eat. And it was, yeah, it was just, it was a really great experience. And, um, I don't know, worst one? Jeez. I think I mentioned a couple of the bad ones before. Yeah, in, yeah. In, in rural Queensland. Rural bloody Queensland. <laughs> worst gigs are, they're, they're kind of more, they're kind of more interesting, aren't they? Yeah. The, the worst, the worst gigs. <laughs> You remember them, for, but not for the right reasons. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, I mean, there's like, there's quite a few gigs we played in, in America where like there was no one there. There was one in particular in this town called Poughkeepsie, you know, okay. in up, upstate New York. Right, yeah. And literally, there was no one there. Like, it was literally the other band we're playing with and the guy who cleaned the venue. <laughs> and, oh, and, man. And meanwhile, downstairs, there was... This band, once again, a metal band, was going off. I had like it was absolutely packed, like in the same in the same venue. And no we kidding. Like, and it was like tumbleweeds upstairs. <laughs> and Poughkeepsie was just like a, it's just a weird kind of town. Anyway, that's not that's not actually a very good story. But um, <laughs> <laughs> but, but yeah, you know, I think America was like that. It was just like some nights would just be just the greatest night of your life, and other nights would like, yeah, why are we doing this? Yeah, it's so fickle, <laughs> isn't it? You yeah. just never know which way it's going to go. And and walking us, but see, the funny thing is, like, there are some nights even when you play, even when there's like only sort of five or six people there. Yeah, it doesn't matter. It, sometimes it doesn't matter. Sometimes you walk upstairs just thinking. Just being in love with everything, really, yeah. like, and loving it. So it's it is hard to know. And other times we play to a pretty good crowd, and you walk off sort of hating everything. Like, <laughs> so it can, I mean, playing music and playing live, playing music live is amazing. Like that, it's really like, it's it's really like raw life. I think. Yeah, like it kinda, yeah, it's it's hard to feel neutral. Yeah, I, I find like I'm sure there are bands that do, but like I, I find it it's hard to walk off stage feeling. A neutral emotion. Like nothing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like it's gonna be. Something. You always get something out of it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> so that's yeah. That's pretty. That's pretty good. Uh, so the Scotland Jar tour is happening in late June, early July, going through Sydney, Melbourne, Brisbane. Yeah. Uh, Youthgroup.com.au is where you can get that. That's and right. uh, uh, you're doing a vinyl release of Scotland Jar as well. We are. Yeah. It kind of feels like 
It always should have been on vinyl. I don't know. If it actually yeah. feels weird to say, wasn't it on vinyl? No, it wasn't. Yeah, right. It's definitely, it definitely should yeah, be. Yeah, we should rectify this. <laughs> well, it was, it was 2004. People didn't really put out... Yeah, it, 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 it wasn't as much of a thing back then. Was no. It? You know, well, it's definitely come back in a big way. Yeah, it was like 93 to like 2010. Yeah, it yeah. Was, there wasn't much vinyl around it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which meant actually records. That, that's when I bought most of my records. That's when, that's when they're really cheap. Yeah. But um, yeah, these days... Obviously, it's back for, yeah. for a while. Yeah. <laughs> so you can get in on that, and uh, I'm very much looking forward to seeing you guys again. It should yeah. be great. Thanks, David. It's going to be fun. You're welcome, man. Yeah, thank you so much for having me, and really appreciate your time, man. No worries. Um, you know, it was nice to be joined by the bee and yeah. various family members <laughs> along the way. <laughs> Alrighty, I'm David Joe John, and all my friends are in charge. This has been a David James Young Writes production. For more information, visit davidjamesyoung.com. Yeah. Oh, so... Hiya! Hiya!